Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Yay, I'm so excited. Today I have the Amy Brady, my personal spiritual director here with me. I cannot wait to interview her. You are going to absolutely love her. She is the author of our recent Christmas devotional, Away in a Manger. She is a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. We actually led a retreat together um, at the beginning of 2020, which feels like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And I'm just so excited to chat with her um, as we look at the season of Lent and talk about different things. So welcome, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you, Polly. Thanks for having me. So tell the listeners, for those that haven't had the chance to connect with you through the Christmas devotional and, and a couple of the things we've done together, a little welcome to Amy. Oh, wow. Welcome to Amy. Um, Okay. Well, uh, so like you said, Amy Brady, Um, I live in Orlando, Florida, and I am a wife of almost 30 years, and I will be uh, celebrating my 50th this year. So I'm very excited about that. I'm a mom of four. I have adult children and I have little children. So I have 26, 23, 13, and nine. Um, I have done all kinds of things throughout the years. I've been a professional women's speaker um, for almost 20 years. I've, um, I have written several Bible studies and devotionals, one of which was um, published through Horatio Printing. Um, I'm a spiritual director a master yoga instructor. I specialize in therapeutic contemplative yoga um, and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) She does it all, ladies and gentlemen. She does it all. And with a lot of just humility and grace um, and fun. And I really loved our retreat that we led. It was a bummer. We didn't get to do more, but you know, hashtag 2020. Um, But talk about restorative yoga, that healing yoga. Um, Gosh, it's just so amazing. And I said before in the introduction, Amy is my spiritual director. And some people are like, okay, what does that mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that just means like a friend that's spiritual. No, it's actually like an actual thing. And so for those Mm -hmm. that don't know what spiritual direction is, I'll have Amy explain it. But on my end, spiritual direction has been a way for me to connect with God deeply and have someone hold space for me. It's almost like spiritual therapy, helping to get to the bottom of how my soul is doing. And that's been so helpful because we all need some support and some um, friendship and community. So Amy, I guess you've actually taken the course and become a certified spiritual director. So what is it? Oh, wow. So spiritual direction is a, um, a contemplative practice. It's a spiritual discipline. Um, 
Mary Kate Morse has a great definition for it. She calls it, um, it's fundamentally the art of listening to the soul journey of another. Um, and I love that because that's how I approach spiritual direction. I mean, how a session goes is going to be as different as the spiritual directors that are out there. Um, but my own working definition of a spiritual director is someone who acts as a soul friend, helping another journey toward wholeness while discovering the impact of life on their soul. Mm -hmm. And so it's sitting with someone who has been trained in the art of listening um, and uh, who has gifts of discernment um, and encouragement. And we're basically taking your life, where you are, what you're struggling with, or what's heavy on your heart, and we're taking how you're approaching it from your mind and instead going down into your spiritual heart and seeing how is this affecting me at a heart level with my walk with the Lord um, and how am I acting out of that? Oh man, that's so good. My word for this year has been wholeness. Mm. And I know in many of my sessions with you, there was something not whole, obviously, but mm. something that would be, um, plaguing me. And sometimes I couldn't even like express it or know it. And it wasn't until I dived in to ask these questions in a space without distractions, which is not common in our day and age mm -hmm. to really go, wow, I've been approaching God this way, or I've been carrying this feeling of disconnection with God, or I've been carrying this imposter syndrome, or I've been carrying mm. this shame or I've been carrying this lie, you know, and getting down to the root of it has been so therapeutic and it mostly just ends in me crying a lot, but which is <laughs> wonderful. Um, that's great. Yeah. We call it, yes. In spiritual direction, we call that, call it the ministry of tears. Yes. And so, um, now if you were like, Oh, I had no idea. Like that's a thing. It's awesome. You need to find a spiritual director for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. and get plugged into that. And I do have all of Amy's details in the show notes. If you want to connect with her, follow her. She's got a wealth of knowledge and resources for you. But today, as we journey to Lent, I wanted to talk about crafting a mini Sabbath because Amy and I were on the phone the other day because we chat a lot and we were going through her schedule and she's been very intentional with crafting her schedule, which I'm a big fan of. And she said to me that she had created a mini Sabbath on Wednesday, which was interesting because I haven't really heard of that. I've heard about preachers, you know, doing their Sabbath on a Monday because Sunday's like their big day, right? And like, they kind of have to change it. And um, So tell me how you journeyed to this mini Sabbath. Mm -hmm. When did you start that? How did you create that? Because it sounds pretty cool. Sure. Well, it's something that for me, it's evolved over the years. And I would say, oh gosh, um, probably over 15 years ago, I was sitting in a therapy office, my first time in therapy. And as we begin to kind of like unpack a lot of my, um, kind of evangelical baggage, if you would say like how I had approached my relationship with God through a denominational lens, um, he asked me very simply, um, when do you have Sabbath? And I said, oh, well, we go to church on Sunday and we do this and we do this and we help out here on Sunday. And then we go back in the afternoon and he's like, okay, so when do you have Sabbath? 
And I looked at him and I'm like, I don't understand what you're asking me. And he said, when do you get along with the Lord and just rest in him and listen? And I was like, uh, I, I don't know that I do that. I mean, I have Bible study time where I'll study my work, you know, study the word. And I was a, you know, speaker and I was writing Bible studies. So of course I had that time, but he said, no, not for productivity's sake, but just for soaking, like soaking with the Lord. And so he began to encourage me to find a safe place to go. I live in Orlando. So for me, that meant the Grand Floridian Tea Room. Um, so I know it's a rough life down here in Orlando, but <laughs> I would take my Bible, a journal and a pen. That's all I was encouraged to bring. And I would sit with the Lord and wait. And all of the Bible studies from that point on in my life have been written out of my Sabbath time. Not because I was there to get some type of inspiration to write, but it was something that I went through a process with him of unpacking something in my life. And then I realized later that it's something that is not unique to me and I wanted to share it. So then I would craft it all together in some type of form for others. Um, but, you know, as I've uh, been a mom and I've, uh, you know, we entered the journey of adoption over 11 years ago, bringing toddlers into our home and having to start all over as a mom on a mom level, mm -hmm. you know, that had to change and it had to look different. And so basically for me, a Sabbath is some time that I set aside every week to be alone with Jesus. Um, it's not like a morning quiet time. Um, it's just where I set aside, sometimes it's a half a day. Like right now it's Wednesdays from when I drop my girls off in the morning until I pick them up. Um, and my kids have a very short school day. So it's like three or four hours. Um, and I say, okay, this time is dedicated to the Lord. I go to a liturgical service on Wednesday morning and I have communion. And then I'll just go sit in a coffee shop or maybe take a walk. Um, it, that What I do during that time varies. But what I'm saying is I am prioritizing my time with Jesus. I am saying that it is essential. I must have this time in my life in order to thrive. I must have something more than my, you know, start of the day, quick kind of quiet moment with the Lord before I get on my day. Because as I began to read scripture, the Lord had been bringing Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath back to my heart in the last six months. And I realized, you know, on Sundays, even though we're not necessarily in a church service because of COVID, that day was set aside for things I didn't get done during the week, mm -hmm. errands that I possibly needed to run, mm -hmm. maybe a Netflix binge. <laughs> um, you know, it was just, I kind of went into the week more tired than refreshed. And it kept saying that, you know, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, and then that we enter into his rest. And, and I began to see rest as a location. It's the heart of Jesus. It's not a verb. It's a place. And I began to realize, oh, the Sabbath is for me. Mm. The Sabbath is for me. It's one seventh of my week that where I say, I trust you enough that if I set aside my to-do list and even the things I personally just want to do that day and I set it aside, I can trust that you will do more in my life in this day or this moment with you than I could have done an entire day of doing things with my own agenda 
And that's what Sabbath is. It's trust. Sabbath mm. is rest for the soul because trust is rest for the soul. Oh, that's when so we, good. Oh, that's trust, so good. We rest. Mm-hmm. It's like a baby. Like, let me just give a quick instance. So when we adopted our daughters, we did lots of, I mean, psychology is my background. And so I did tons and tons of research. I love to research. I'm a researcher. I'm a word nerd, brain nerd, all the things. <laughs> and I just, I read books and I, I got certifications on attachment trauma. I mean, the whole bit. One of the things that's constantly brought up is that when you bring a child from hard places into your life, at first, they may not allow you to hold them in the way that a, a, a newborn baby that comes from the mother's womb would. They, they mold to you, they melt to you because there's safety and trust already built there because of the nine months within your body. But when you bring a child that was not from your own body into your arms, they might be a little stiff. But when that child begins to mold and melt to you, you know you have gone into, for them, a new journey of trust. Mm-hmm. Because they can let all that hypervigilance go and know that I'm safe with this person. And that's what Sabbath does for our souls. We, we bring that, we, we do away with that hypervigilance of I've got to do this, I've got to do this. What about this? What if I don't take this time today to do this? And when will I get all the figuring out, all the monkey brain? We set it aside and we say, I can trust the one that I'm with to take care of that for me. Oh gosh, that's so good. Oh, Amy, I'm unpacking all of it. When you said rest is a place, I immediately thought of a vacation place, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's what mm-hmm. we think sometimes that like, yes. okay, I'll rest once I finally get that week long vacation that's coming up in three months or for us, like in the next year, whenever, like we finally can take mm-hmm. a vacation, then I'll finally rest. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we think mm-hmm. that's what we do. We work, work, work work hard, we hustle so we can play hard or rest hard or whatever, you know, and a vacation. A lot of times you come home from vacation and you need a vacation from your vacation. Cause it was do, do, do the whole time. Yeah. Um, but rest, like you said, it's not, it is a place, but it's like a spiritual place with Jesus in your soul. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I, it's a place that One of my favorite quotes is um, finding a place to let our souls catch up with our bodies. And that's what he's provided for us in Sabbath, whether it's a Sunday or whether it's just two hours, whether it's two times a week for half an hour, whatever it is, it's a heart posture. Mm, I have two questions. Okay. One question. Do you think it's possible to embrace a true Sabbath while kids are home with you? Okay. Cause you were talking about Sundays, you know, like yeah. the whole family. And we have this idea that like moms were supposed to do it all, you know, mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. juggling a thousand plates. So do you feel like it's truly possible for, even for you, like to do a Sabbath while your kids are all home? I do. Now there are seasons where it's more difficult, but mm-hmm. I do, I just think that we have to go into it as a process. We have to teach our children the importance of Sabbath by teaching our children how important Sabbath is to us. And so there are times in my life where I feel like I've done a pretty good job with that as a mom. And like 
maybe this time around, the first time around, I don't think that I gave that gift to my boys. Mm. I wish that I would have. I, I wasn't where I am now. I, I didn't understand that. I was in the learning process of it. Um, but one of the joys of being able to be a mom later on in life is that I feel like I'm able to pass some things along to my girls um, because of that. So like, for instance, um, if you have really small children, Sabbath, nap time is a great time for Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, they may only stay asleep 15 minutes. Well, if you sat <laughs> down and you placed your hands over your heart and you just took deep breaths for 15 minutes and your focus was on God, that is a mini Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And that is saying ahead of time, when my child goes down for a nap, at least once a day, I'm going to take that time as a Sabbath for my soul. And then as they grow and they go off to preschool or school, and then you have a little more time on your hands, it's still going to be full, lots of things screaming for it. That Let me just say, I have been busy since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman, you are busy. Um, I was involved in all the things in high school, president of this, 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 there are all these things. When I was in college, didn't have children, still slam schedule. Nothing has changed. That's just how I live my life. I'm, I, I have a full life and I love it that way. So it's not like you're going to achieve this plateau where things are going to level out. Everyone's going to do it the way that you want and you're going to have peace. I think it also depends on whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. So an introvert is someone who needs the quiet in order to catch up with their soul. An extrovert might need to be in community in order to do that. So it's, it's in some ways an introvert will be, it'll be easier for them to step into Sabbath for an extrovert. It might be a little bit more difficult on the flip side, an introvert might want to have basically an escape. (laughs) Like they want it to be three hours, five hours. So they set up this unrealistic expectation for themselves, right? Where an extrovert is like, wow, if I get an, an hour alone by myself at this point in my life, I'm good. You know, that's enough for me. Um, So, but with my children, I teach them, listen, mommy's having her time with Jesus. I need, you know, I have activities for them to do. I give them a reward when they do that. And then I remind them why it's important. Now we're at a place where on Sundays, there's no technology in the house. So my girls aren't allowed to have their tablets. I try to put my phone far away. So I'm not even really checking anything, but maybe a text that comes in. I don't check my emails. I don't do social media, um, any of that stuff. I've taken so much stuff off my phone. It's kind of a boring place to be now anyway. Um, so they get up um, and we, the day is just full of, they're playing with puzzles. And I know this sounds like, you know, Little House on the Prairie, which we're totally <laughs> obsessed with right now, by the way, but um <laughs> There, you know, I have pictures I take of my teenagers just laying on the sofa sleeping, you know, or I hear my daughter in the back playing with her dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slow. so it's, it's slow. It's just slow and unhurried. And I sense that they need it too. Oh yeah, they do for sure. You know, they need it too. And so that's what Sabbath has come. But one of the great things, lessons I've learned from you is um, God's really used you in my life to kind of help me break out of my um, extreme perfectionism. I always call myself a recovering perfectionist because that's my natural bent. And I have all my reasons for that in my story. But um, when I can say Sabbath doesn't have to be perfect, 
It doesn't have to look perfect, but I'm just going to lean toward it. I'm going to move in the direction of it. Little by little, it begins to carve itself out. Um, and I believe that's the Holy Spirit trying to help me get to the place that he knows that I long to be. And that's him. And so he's going to help me in that. That's so good. So I think that's great doing the Sabbath with your kids because a lot of people don't have the luxury, especially with COVID right now, of childcare. And I remember when I, before I had a baby in New York and I just quit my job and I had all this time on my hands, I would sit and read the Bible and I was getting in this stage of this new addiction to reading the Bible. And it was like yeah. really feeling, filling me for the first time. I don't know if you remember that as an adult, yeah. like that first time yeah. you really are like, oh my gosh, this is like so good. You know, it's not yes. this chore. It's this incredible story of the old Testament. I had never read that before. And I would have these long, slow mornings. And I felt like as soon as Jane was here, it was like, okay, maybe I can read in the middle of a feeding session in the middle of the night, you know, mm -hmm. it just, and all that time slipped away. And as soon as I did have some support, childcare brought in and help, um, I felt like all that time needed to be devoted to work because I had less and I had this mm -hmm. feeling of scarcity and it's been, I feel like this elusive Sabbath, um, an elusive mm -hmm. quiet time because the trust is hard. The trust is mm. hard to say, okay, God, like I'm going to trust you by not answering all these on fire emails mm -hmm. that are burning a hole in my back of my head. And, mm. and I'm going to trust you with my morning. And that's been something I've been really pursuing in 2021, but mm. it's not easy. And I think mm -mm. I want to tell moms the permission slip of like, Hey, get some help and then feel the permission slip to use some of that time for your Sabbath. Yeah. And know like yeah. that doesn't make you a bad mom to want two or three hours without your child to go be with God. Like right. that's, that's like, that's not a, you know, cause some people feel like, well, I need to be there with my kid the whole time. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, mm -hmm. I just want to give you the permission slip that like you deserve a mini Sabbath. Like you yeah. just that time. And it is hard, especially with a toddler who's basically a whole my Jane, I, I mean, obviously I love her. But she's a walking emergency at all times. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what she's going <laughs> to leap off, put in her hands, yes, slip and yes. fall, you know, with her slippery yes. socks or, you know, that was yesterday. But um, I just want to give you the permission slip of getting help and giving yourself the gift of a mini Sabbath. And I, I want to yeah. close our time with um, Amy, I would love for you to share an I guess, a condensed version of what are some beautiful things we could do in our mini Sabbath? Like mm, what sure. are a couple of things? Cause okay. We've got our soap Bible study. Mm -hmm. Most of my listeners know to do that. Um, we've got, you know, stuff on Amazon we could purchase. Mm -hmm. We can pray, we can journal, but what are some other mm -hmm. things that might, I don't know, I hate to say jazz it up, but just something yeah. to, to do it in a new way. Right. Yeah. Well, doing, um, a spiritual journey in a new way is a passion of mine, not only for myself, but to, to share that with others. So here's what I like to tell people, resist the urge to over-spiritualize your time with God. Hmm. Okay. So God knit us together, um, in a way that helps us to enjoy him. And in some ways we all have the same in that, that longing, but then in other ways we are individual souls. So I tell people, what are the things you love to do? What are the things you enjoy doing? What are the things that bring you joy? 
what are the things that make you feel close to God? Well, someone like, I just love going for a walk. Then go for a walk, sister friend, go for a walk. During that time, go for a walk, put on praise music or don't, or put on instrumental music or don't, but just go and do that thing with a heart posture because God looks the heart. It's all about the heart posture with a heart posture of God. I'm just out here to walk with you, to be with you, to be alone with you, to trust you with the next 30 minutes of my life that I don't have to use it to be humanly productive, that this time with you is the most productive thing I can do for my soul, for my family, for my life. Because sometimes it's easier as women for us to do things for others. I don't know if we're ever going to fix that, you know, before Jesus comes back than it is to do it for ourselves. I tell my children, you want me to spend time with Jesus. Believe me, you want me (laughs) to spend time with Jesus. So if you want me to talk to you in a soft voice, if you want me to be more gentle and kind, then you're going to have to let mommy have some undivided time with Jesus because he's the reason I do those things by myself, not so much. So we, we do it for our children. If you love to paint, if you love to draw. I know, that's then, what I was just thinking. Like you, when you yes. said, I was like, I love to paint. So I should do yes. like a painting Sabbath with worship music and let yes. that be a moment to like pray through a painting. Yes. Like, and the painting can be of a bowl of fruit. It doesn't have to be Jesus hanging on the cross. Yeah. So that's what I mean, but we over-spiritualize. Okay. So say, I love reading a good book. Okay, we'll sit down and read a book. Maybe choose a book that helps in your spiritual formation or something that you're, and when you read something that sticks out to you, stop and pray over that. Like, Lord, I don't have that yet in my life. I want that from you. Um, Honestly, sitting in silence is the most underrated spiritual practice because we can't do anything, but that is what Psalm 4610 is constantly imploring us and inviting us into. Be still and know that he is God, because we cannot know that he is God until we are still and until we trust him with that time. These things are spiritual disciplines because we have to discipline our urge to to do in order to do it. And I know that discipline is not a favorite word um, in our day and age, but as believers, we are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. And I can't keep dreaming for a spiritual life. I'm not willing to reorchestrate my life to achieve. It's so hard to sit in stillness. I'm just going to read a quick scripture that popped into my head that you said that Hebrews 12, 11 out of the passion says now all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time, which is exactly how sitting in Mm -hmm. stillness feels yet later. It will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield it, yield to it. So good. That is so, so good. I've not thought about that verse in respect to the spiritual disciplines, but more being disciplined. So I love that. And it's so true because here's Mm -hmm. the thing that Sabbath does. And here's the thing these moments do. It reminds us. I know some people aren't going to like the way this sounds. It reminds us of our own insignificance. It reminds us that God doesn't need us in order to achieve in us what he has desired to do Mm -hmm. he just needs our heart yeah he doesn't need me to work myself to the bone to constantly be productive in order you know for me to um 
have the things I feel like he's called me to have in life or in order to um, fulfill his calling on my life. He Mm. can do that all on his own. That doesn't mean I just sit around and do nothing because as I spend that time with him, I am inspired and just inflamed to go and to partner and co-create with him, right? So that takes care of itself. But when I do less, he does more. And the verse that says he must increase and I must decrease. When we spend time in Sabbath, we realize that it is less of us that's needed in this journey, not more. It's Mm -hmm. less of us that's needed in our calling, not more. It's less of us that's needed in the world, not more. We need more of him, not more of ourselves. Gosh, that's so good. Oh, I'm so inspired. And I just so appreciate you taking time to talk about a mini Sabbath and just these new spiritual practices and the heart posture behind them as we journey into the season of Lent, because we can get caught up in like, okay, I'm giving up cheese, you know? And it's like, oh, what's the yes. point? <laughs> eat yes, the cheese. Yes, yes. No, I'm just saying. Um, no, don't eat really me. eat the cheese. <laughs> I have, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but um, last question, because I'm just super yeah. curious. I could ask you questions for hours and I'm definitely going to have Amy on the podcast again because she's just a delight. But my question is, okay, and this is so random. You said you go to a liturgy. I'm not going to say it right. Liturgical Liturgical Mm -hmm. church as a part of your mini Sabbath. You enjoy Mm -hmm. that. So what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) So liturgical churches are churches that go along with the liturgical church calendar. Um, So they follow things. There's a liturgical church calendar and it's set up. It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, That's where the, the practice of Lent comes in um but if you heard you know um if you see churches that um seem to celebrate (laughs) um times of the year that you didn't even know existed in a church calendar they're probably liturgical so think catholic anglican episcopal lutheran presbyterian um those types of churches use the common book of prayer in their worship and it basically for this day these are the scriptures you read these are the prayers you pray And it's all the same, no matter which church you go to, it's all the same because they're all following the same calendar and having communion is part of their services. So, um, they do that every day, like on a Wednesday, like, like well, okay. So the church that I frequent is, um, an Episcopal church and every Wednesday they have a small little service. I am the youngest by probably at least 20 years. Um, and there's nobody younger than me. Um, And there's only a few people that come on that Wednesday service, but it is like water to my soul. I get there and here's the thing. People are like, oh, well, you're just praying prayers that aren't coming from your heart. Well, my heart posture, yes, they are. I'm also praying prayers that have been prayed by Christians, the great cloud of witnesses throughout the centuries. It is unchanged. It has not changed through war, through famine through world wars, through um, all kinds of global things, through pandemic, they are still praying the same prayers that have been prayed for years. And so when I pray those prayers, I feel connected to that great cloud of witnesses that it's spoken of in the New Testament. I feel like I am continu- I am passing the baton on, I'm taking it and I'm, pa- I'm enjoying it and then I'm passing it on 
And I can also have communion there. I don't have to wait for my church to put it on the church calendar, but I can go at any point um, and have communion, which is really important to me. Um, and so I go there because it's so simple. I can rest when I go there. I am literally because I'm unfamiliar. I didn't grow up in a liturgical setting. I'm unfamiliar with the common book of prayer. I'm learning the way that they do their service. One, I'm humbled. I have to be guided instead of going and feeling like I know everything. Two, I have to be taught, which humbles me that I need to learn from people that I might think don't have as much to offer me because they do things a different way. I also am able to receive communion, um, which means I am um, not leading, I'm receiving, which as a woman in leadership, I find is a spiritual discipline for me to put myself in situation, put myself in situations where I am follower and receiver, not leader and guider. Um, and also, um, I can just pray. I kneel, I use my body. I kneel down. I'm on the prayer bench. I stand up. Um, I hold the communion in my hand. Like it's very embodied. It's an embodied worship, which fully present. is very fully, I am fully present. Yeah. Whether I understand everything or not, I trust the Holy Spirit's doing something in me because I showed up. And that's the same with Sabbath. I don't have to plan it all out and it doesn't have to look a certain way. I'm trusting the spirit to do something in me because I simply showed up and he asked me to, and I obeyed. I love that. I'm going to read that great cloud of witness scripture. It's Hebrews mm -hmm. 12, <clears throat> which is where the other scripture I read was located in the same mm -hmm. chapter. Yeah. Hebrews 12 verse one, as for us, we all have these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. Mm -hmm. um, I want to encourage everybody that's listening right now to look at your planner, look at your schedule and craft some time to have a mini Sabbath. Maybe it just looks like tomorrow's nap time. Maybe it looks like Wednesday morning after you drop your kiddos off at preschool or daycare. Um, maybe it's when your husband's able to keep your child for two hours and you get away and take a, a worship walk. Um, it can look however it needs to look, but I just want to encourage you to take the action um, to strengthen yourself so that you can keep being transformed and bearing the fruit that you're called to bear. Mm. So Amy, will you close us out in prayer? Oh, I'd love to. Father, we are so grateful that you allow a little slice of heaven on earth through Sabbath, that you give us a little something to look forward to in the next life with you when our Sabbath with you will never end that joy that we feel in those moments of Sabbath, that closeness to your heart that we feel in those moments of Sabbath. Father, you through Jesus have given us an invitation to more in this life and in the next. And we thank you for loving us so lavishly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, guys, so make sure you check out the show notes, connect with Miss Amy. She has a incredible course called Sacred Dust that is waiting for you. Um, there's a link in the show notes to check that out and also a link to sign up for all of her resources, get on her email list. 
stay connected with her. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick 30-second review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, share it with a friend, share it on social media. I just want to thank you in advance for helping to advance this mission. Now, if you need a planner, I got you. Now is the time to grab your 2021 Dream Planner and make your dreams a reality. Head over to HoratioPrinting.com, that's H-O-R-A-C-I-O Printing.com. Use the code DREAM15, that's DREAM15, to get 15% off your planner. Yay! I'm excited for you to get serious about your dreams. Have a wonderful day. You are so loved, and I truly believe the best is yet to come.